Hello, welcome back to the Sama Antics podcast. He's Matt. I'm Sam. I am sucking on an ice lolly right now, and he is topless, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> it's fucking hot, all right? <laughs> okay, so let's let's just be honest, Hukobot. Um We will have our... We pro- you might hear fan noise in the background. Um, problem is, we are recording this in the middle of probably one of the biggest heat waves this country has ever had. They're saying that the temperature is going to hit 40 degrees Celsius. That's just ridiculous. I might not be here for episode 45. I'll be dead. No, you won't be here. You'll just be a puddle of adipose. He is. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) if Sam and I start talking random shit, more so than usual, then be aware we're very hot, tired. The heat gets to us massively. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's not the same. And for those of you that are listening in... um, the hot parts of the world, such as the Caribbean or Africa or something, or India, it's indeed, not the same heat. Different heat. It's you. It's just horrible, muggy. Just it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's not the yeah. same. It's it's not nice. But so, let's not get bogged down with Mother Nature and trying to make us all strip off. She is a fickle bitch. Said nobody ever except Sokoba. <laughs> uh, Sokoba, how yes. the devil have you been in these last seven days? Uh, which episode are we on? 44. Lewis, so Hamilton, cool. Lewis Hamilton's race number. My lucky number. Huh? There we go, Sokoba. Means something to both of us. Yeah, it's more to me because you're not Lewis Hamilton, but. I could be. Um... Hashtag blessed. You do not have a dog called Roscoe. No, I have a dog called Pepsi. This is true. Anyway, back to how I'm doing. <laughs> yes, how are you doing, sausage? The, uh, not enjoying the heat. No, I'm not I'm, enjoying the heat. No, no, definitely, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, not too bad. Do you know what? Um, uh, well, it, hmm, what? I'm trying to think of how to like. Okay, do you know what, what happened on the Wednesday of last week? What happened 13th. on Wednesday of last week? Sorry. The 13th of July, this is. Uh, it, go on. It, it was the fifth anniversary of me graduating university. Whoa, hey! Yeah. Well done, Sogoa. In five years of freedom and adulthood. It's horrible. That's quite, a, uh, that's quite an achievement, Sogoa. How do you feel about it? Old. I feel old. Um, when I was at uni, didn't have a care in the world. Enjoyed just getting drunk around friends' houses, um, playing games while you were drunk, like throwing, like uh, this guy used to, like you'd wear like this hat which had like a basket on it and you used to throw balls into it. We called it lit ball. It was great. Um, <laughs> okay. We did that in a conservatory after getting drunk. Um and yeah, just there were times like carefree times, and now I have bills to pay, and I, my back hurts, and I get stressed, and so I want to go to bed at half past nine. It's just horrible. So, Grover, yes, welcome to being an adult. I know, I know, I hate it. Get my youth back, Christ. Yeah, and also uh, on the day of recording, it marks three weeks until I am a year older. So, fourth uh, of sept, fourth uh, of August. Yes. Yes, it's a day after my mother. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, also, Matt, do you remember uh, when I graduated? Yeah. Uh, do you remember the the the, vid, the it was live streamed, wasn't it? <laughs> the little, little shout out I did for you. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> if you follow Sam on Facebook, uh, you you might have seen this. So when. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> when we were younger, we were massive. Was it just Doctor Who fans, or just we were just big David Tennant fans? I think it was. It was started with Doctor Who, and then yeah. evolved into just David Tennant it, in general. Evolved into a love for David Tennant. Mm. Um, and one of the things that <laughs> David Tennant used to do is he used to do a little wave with two fingers and like a little salute. Yeah. And touch um, like the temple of his head and yeah. fire it off to the person he's saying hello to. So I said to Sal, I said, obviously we were still relatively young then. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if you just did the David Tennant wave on the, when you got called up? Yeah. <laughs> and Sam was like, hold my beer. <laughs> Literally. And then on I the remember. recording. The recording <laughs> happens. Okay. So this is exactly how it went. So I walk up onto stage after queuing for ages to get on the stage anyway. Full suit and booted. I wore a blue suit, white shirt, red tie. And the and guy says, Samuel Cropper. Yeah. So I'm wearing like a big ga- like graduation gown, cap, and then like the sash of um, the uh, university, which is kind of, sort of like purple and blue, I think. Anyway, so he calls my name up, says Samuel Cropper. Full name's me. The bitch. Yep. Uh, I thought I was in trouble. Um, so I walked up, went onto stage, shook uh, the chancellor's hand, who's like the biggest... He's like the director of the university kind of thing. He's like the, the big, chancellor, the big not not chancellor of the exchequer. No, the chancellor who lived uh, in he lived in like Yorkshire somewhere and used to fly down for things to Southampton. Oh, so he didn't actually live in. Didn't actually work at the university. At the university, he worked there, but but remember this was before COVID, so it wasn't like he was just working from home. But anyway, no. that's the story for another day. Yes. Anyway. So I walk up there, I shake his hand, and he says, oh, congratulations, um, what, are you, what are you planning on doing after university? And I said, oh, I've actually just um, got a job in international container shipping, uh, so I'm applying my degree into my work. And he said, that's absolutely amazing, congratulations. And then I walked off the stage, and as I and walked you did off... you did it! You did it! So for perspective, there's a camera which is side-on onto the stage, so you can see both like the side view of me talking to this guy shaking his hand and then it pans to um watch me walk off the stage head on and <laughs> walk off the stage my fingers raised to my temple and fire off a shot to the camera so God, can we put this on, can we put this on the podcast insta so people I will know what put this about. on the podcast insta um let's timestamp when i'm gonna put it on i'll put it on tuesday morning yes so yeah okay Oh shit! I'm oh, sorry. I'm trying to make a note in my in my diary. Okay, nineteenth at. Let's go with when you're commuting into work into in the sauna. Years, years. So nineteenth um, at approximately eight o'clock in the morning. In the morning, you can relive or see for the first time the humorous. Event that was Sal Cropper doing the David Tennant wave as he was graduating. 
Also, one of your pictures, Sokol, I didn't didn't tell you this yesterday yeah. because I fell asleep. But <laughs> one of the pictures, let me just get let me just get it up. Oh no, hang on, that sounds really dodgy. <laughs> hey, uh, bear with. First person to do that with a picture of me. <laughs> yeah, one of those pictures, Sokol, you've thrown your hat so far in the end. It's mm. like you're a little boy that's just lost his balloon and you're trying to look up to grab it. <laughs> I just want to say as well, I think that was take like six because every time you throw it, you have to throw it up straight to be able to get the effect. But I was throwing it up and it would just keep going and going and going and then go backwards because the wind would take it. So I kept like having to like juggle, like move backwards and forwards to try and catch it. Um, but also, the reason why I had to, why I posted that um, five years on on Facebook whilst just yeah was because in the majority of my graduation photos uh my ex is there so every time i get the memory of when i graduate i'd see a load of pictures of her and i'm like "Ah, i need some memories that are like from that day around that time period which are for me so i thought i'd post it and share the humorous uh me walking across stage, so I hadn't actually put that on Facebook before. Um, and yeah, the, the couple of photos which I actually really like. And yeah, everyone says the same thing. Like, oh, when they saw it, they were, oh, Sam, you look so young. You look so young. And I point out, um, I'm still young. I'm 26. So, how she comes. Enough about me, my mm. graduation, my life. How the devil are you? Well, so go as we alluded to, but hey, uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the podcast, it's hot, and I you may have seen a social media post I put up on the uh, Insta stories for the podcast, uh, where I said that I don't deal with heat very well, so just avoid me. Uh, yep. For context of how badly I do in the heat, uh, my I you I mean I'm quite. Uh, What's the word? I'm quite a. I don't even know what the word is. Angry person? No, I'm. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm very humble. No. Uh, you're a funny guy. So, go on, what's the word for if you're quite educated? Educated. No, but like you wouldn't say, "Oh, he's very educated. He's quite an educated person." You would. Intelligence. How are you after? Intelligent. That's the one. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, is what I mean. I'm quite an intelligent person. Unless it's hot. <laughs> Unless it's hot. This is my point. So when it gets hot, my brain doesn't function. So mm. for, for context, Sagrava, mm. uh, you'll be aware of this. Uh, I got somebody like me on the dating app Hinge the other day. But it was so hot that I just didn't reply oh mate and i <laughs> i'm kind of at the point now where oh, i've suddenly remembered that that happened but is it now past the point of no return actually no because how many days that was what two three days ago yes no you still have passed it now you're just playing it cool okay so i'll do the i'll do the standard circle opener then shall i yes uh, i think you should do it now live 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 because this is thanks for making my thanks for making my editing really difficult, Sagora. You're absolutely welcome, sausage. Yeah, still um, not sure how I'm going to do this. Um, while Matt's doing that, I just want to say one thing for everyone. I think <clears> I can speak <throat> on behalf of everyone. 
But uh, congratulations on picking the best transition music. The transition music last week, I was like, this is bloody perfect. We've got like a little bit of a piano tune, got a little bit of a guitar feel to one. I loved it. Thank you. Sorry, I can't do two things at once, so apologies. That was applause if it... Okay, here we go. So, Would you like me to read it as I type it? Yes, please. Remind me of my absolute brilliance. Hey! Exclamation mark. What would you say your biggest fear is? One? Spiders. Spiders. Follow the spiders. Two? Snakes. Three? Saying you too to the waiter or waitress when they say enjoy your meal. <laughs> and send. There we go, Ziggur. Number four. Dementors. Dementors. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Buck beak. Fuck off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so other than me and forgetting to do things... Uh, I also get quite angry with other things. So we're going to go over that in the next section of this we podcast. Shall. We shall. Um, and just to everyone's aware, I finished my ice I still have my top off. And you know what? My milkshake brings all the boys <laughs> to the yard. <laughs> it's bloody lovely. <laughs> bloody lovely. Now it's time to fuck. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No. <laughs> God, that's the wrong thing to oh, say. Oh, so I forgot to ask in the intro. Oh yeah. What did uh, the lesbianism think of my poem? Uh, she's not messaged me about it. No, oh, that is unacceptable. Hang on, to... Mes- message her right now, live. Okay, hang on. Uh, while I'm doing this, let's cross. To the angriest person I know, Matt Dyer, please take it away. Well, Sokorop, I started the day today with no angry man for you. No no review for you. Uh, because oh. this weather has just drained me so much that I'm just all angered out anyway. However, yeah. something is happening at work. Now, I can't really say too much because if people that I work with hear it, then they might get a bit offended. Let's go. It's been the hottest week in the world ever. It feels like it, I tell you. Yeah. We have air conditioning in our office, and we don't have to pay for it ourselves. The company pays for it. Yet we have, not, we have not been having the air con on until half of three in the afternoon. And then Why? even then, it's only on for about 40 minutes because people will get too cold and then they'll they'll make a scene by putting their fleece or their coat on and i think fuck off don't what is wrong with me literally i arrive at work and i am we know what i look like so i am not the fittest person in the world however mm. i walk to work okay and i'm the only one yeah. in that de- in that department that walks to work it's good mile yeah. and a half for you isn't it it is yeah um <clears throat> So, by the time I get to work, 
I'm a bit of a sweaty mess mm. because it's boiling hot and I have a heavy bag on my back. Yeah. Obviously, carrying the weight of the company is just so much, you know. <laughs> um, and and it's just never on. And I think, well, what's the reason for that? Well, well the reason is, Sekiro, they're in their cars to get to work. In aircon. So they have aircon. Or they have the mm. window open so they get a nice breeze. I don't get that when I'm walking to work. No, you get stagnant air. It was what it has been recently, where it's been over 20 degrees at 7 a.m. in the morning. Stagnant air. Because I've had this slightly differently from you. Obviously, my commute is a 15-minute to 20-minute walk to the station, sit on an air-conditioned train, sorry, matter, and then a um, about a 10, 15-minute walk uphill to get to my office. So when I get to the office, I am a sweaty mess as well. But I do have that little like respite. But yeah. I don't. I, one day this week, we've not had the aircon when we walked in, and everyone kicked up a fuss so much that they put it on and put it on colder than usual. But I'm I'm quite lucky in the sense that, um, so I get on really well with our some of the warehouse lads in our in our warehouse. Funnily enough, hmm. um, and obviously the nature of what we do as a company, we are delivering temperature controlled consignments. So if I get really hot, I can just go walk into the warehouse. So we have two warehouses. Um, we have a ambient warehouse, which is controlled between 15 and 25 degrees. Um, and we have a chilled section, which is between 2 and 8 degrees. Yeah. And it's basically, basically a massive fridge that you just walk into. You know, like if you go to Costco and they have the big, massive fridges that you walk in to get like milk and whatnot yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's basically one of them um but yeah i just i just i mean i glenn said this the other day especially because glenn like why don't i just get up and put it on myself but mm. a it's not my departmental office i'm there because they had a spare seat and they said that they i could sit there so i don't really feel like it's my place to just get up and say i'm putting the aircon on because i'm hot when they obviously are not hot themselves. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 honestly, I think the heat is just making me angry over, over nothing, to be honest, Sakura. Um, oh, okay. I kind of, I feel like in this scenario, if you don't have the aircon on in this heat, where it's getting to a point where the government are, can, are saying it's um like a uh, life hazard. I think they said it when it hits forty degrees. Danger to life. Yeah, and you don't have aircon on to cool where you are working for the majority of the day. Um, what's the point of even having aircon? Number one, but also number two, why are you just not? Why are you just being hot? Like why are you just allowing yourself to be hot? The thought like, problem is as well, you don't have to put the aircon on full blast, like freezing cold. Like all, you just, can select the temperature you want it at. Even if they set it to a, just if you went around the office and said, oh, how are you, are you feeling a bit hot? Are you feeling a bit, you're feeling not, not too hot. Okay. I'm going to put it on sort of a mid range. So it's nice, nice fan. Like that kind of thing. You'd be able to handle that. You don't have to have it on ice cold all the time. No. Uh, 
to be honest, I find that a little bit, um, I find it bad because the reason why the aircon is there is not to make it an icebox. The reason why the aircon is there is to, funny enough, condition the air around the workers so it's at a comfortable level for everybody. Mm, I've had I, three officers within the Polar Pals HQ I've sat in. Um, and there's always been issues with the air conditioning because you'll always get one person that feels the cold and therefore you can't have it on. Or if you do have it on, you you can't have it on too much. And it just it just annoys me because I'm a bigger lad. You know, I get hot very easily. I just want the air con on. Is that just too much to ask in the summer? Yeah, <laughs> oh. I know. I know. So, so there we go, Sagora. It's just a short one today. Um, like your dick. Uh, <laughs> How the fuck do you know? <laughs> what? Where did that come from? I that was don't... a listed attack. <laughs> that, was, that was a full-on attack, Sagora. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so we're going to very quickly end it there and go to our next section, which we all look forward to this podcast for now. Well, it's that time of the podcast that we all look forward to now. This is why we listen, isn't it? We don't listen to Matt's Angry Man Reviews anymore, or the intro, or indeed Matt's little songs time at the end of the podcast. It's all about the scary story. So I tell you what, let's go over there. Let's cross that bridge of banter, if you will. And we'll go and visit our friend Sagoba, and we're going to knock on the cabin door. We're going to say, hello, Sagoba, are you there? He's going to open the door. In our section, story time with Sam. The heat has turned you into a little <laughs> bit of a bitch, hasn't it? Just, yes. <laughs> uh, plot, plot twist, though. It's not me opening the, opening the door. Ooh. Who is it? It is. Pausing for suspense. Still pausing for suspense. Officer Bullock. Oh, I forgot him. Hi there, folks. <laughs> Officer Harry Bullock. So, you may remember from last week that uh, we are following the life of a criminal profiler. Uh, he's taken his wife up to a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Well, hey. hey. We... So we see a gentleman who is beat up and has his tongue cut out. And we then later find that tongue in the refrigerator. And as he's panicking, he goes out there. He calls um, the local police department and say, help, help, help. And they say, we, we didn't send anyone out there because it was a prank call. And it was a while ago. And he goes back in. And he sees Officer Harry Bullock mm-hmm. looking down at him on the other side of the window. And he has his genuine smile and waves at him. Smile mm. and wave, boys. Smile and wave. 
Oh dear, we are in trouble. All right, Filch. Okay, so well, let's crack on. But before you do crack on, please, my sponsor. Please, Noah, can I turn my light on? Oh yes, thanks. I thought you were going to say we've got a sponsor. No, we don't have a sponsor. This is part two of Fever Cabin. I sprinted up the rickety cabin stairs and barged into the bedroom, frantically searching for my wife. To my deep dismay, she was no longer dozing peacefully in bed. The uniformed man, claimed to be Harry Bullock, stood at the window, peering out into the woods. Camilla! I cried out, my voice bouncing off the walls of the otherwise silent cabin. She's not here, the fake officer said, turning to face me. He had not changed his clothes since the previous evening and still wore the aviator glasses and the police cap, which obscured so much of his face. Where is she? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't Oh oh my God, that was incredible. (laughs) Do it again. Where is she? I roared at the man. <laughs> she was just here half an hour ago. Oh wait, hang on. <clears throat> what are you doing? Go back to your. Go yeah, back yeah, to I your. Know. You know what voice? I know. Right, hang on. I'll start that again. Where is she? I roared at the man. She was here just half an hour ago. What did you do to her? Was it really half an hour ago, Paul? In that crooked leer again. That would be understandable, wouldn't it? Stepping out quickly, leaving your wife alone for a few minutes while you called for help. What what the hell are you talking about? That back, clenching my sweaty palms into fists. I knew I had to calm down and act rationally. Bullock's gun was visible in a holster, comfortably perched on his hip. And I would be of little use to Camilla if this turned into a bloodbath. Time works differently around these parts, Paul, Bullock said, turning back to the window. It's a lonely sort of place sometime. I'm glad to see a familiar face. Your face of all people. Imagine my surprise. We've met before then, I said, knowing that even if we had, the disguise would prevent me from recognising him. Only once, the man grimaced. Not nearly enough time to get to know someone well, is it? What do you want? Why, nothing much, Paul. I only stopped by to check in on the missus. Gorgeous one she is. You're a lucky, lucky man. I was struggling to keep my cool. What did you do to my wife? I spoke, gritting my teeth. Oh, I was nowhere near quick enough, Paul. We all have scores to settle in this place. She's out dancing with the skeletons in a closet of her own. With that, Bullock walked past me and out the bedroom door. I followed him downstairs, trying to think of something to say, anything. Without so much as a nod in my direction, the intruding fake cop undid the deadbolt on the front door and walked out of the cabin. I stood at the kitchen window, watching him walk up the dirt road and out of sight. I could have followed him, 
screamed, shot at him, demanded to know where he'd taken Camilla, for better or worse, that wasn't how I operated under pressure. I had made a living thinking, processing, and systemizing before taking action. This was the best I think I could do, and it would be to stay put for a bit, gather my thoughts to assess the situation. I looked at the refrigerator, remembering the bloody tongue inside, and wondered if this was the cause of my lack of hunger or thirst, or... or or what? Something else. I hadn't eaten since lunch the previous day, and it was now, what, late morning? Noon? Wasn't too sure. I sat down at the kitchen table and stared at my clasped knuckles, trying to tally up the facts. I had no phone, but I still had my handgun and car. My wife was missing, but it was unlikely that she was taken by the stranger who seemed to come and go as he pleased. A gruesome thought had crossed my mind, sending waves of panic through my body. What if Camilla was missing, but her body was still somewhere in the cabin? It was an awful thought, but I couldn't push it away. I had to investigate. I went back upstairs, processing my surroundings the way I would a crime scene. I checked behind the old furniture my Uncle Johnny had crafted, drops to the floor to check under the bed, scrutinised the portable shower and sink for signs of blood spatter, sniffed the air for bleach. Logically, I knew that I had not been gone long enough for someone to kill my wife, expose her body, and cover up the evidence. But logic was no longer the cornerstone in my thought process. Finally, I rummaged through Camilla's things, hoping to find her phone, but it wasn't there. Giving up, I went downstairs to the only other bedroom, my old room. While the rest of Fever Cabin had only been abandoned for a couple of months since Uncle Johnny's death, the thick layer of dust that coated my childhood belongings indicated that no one had used the guest bedroom in years. I stood in the doorway, indulging the fleeting pang of nostalgia that my old Superman bedspread and paperback detective novels invoked. Even in my current state of anxiety, flashbacks from my childhood summer days filled my mind with happy, intent thoughts. I realised I'd been standing there a while, grinning at my old bed like a fool, when what I really needed was to learn how Camilla had disappeared. Snapping out of it, I repeated the diligent process of searching the room for traces of my wife. Once again, nothing. Anxiety crawled its way back up my spine as I threw one last appraising glance at my old summer dwelling. And suddenly, alarm bells went off. I finally registered the slight discrepancies I'd failed to pick up while reminiscing. I had loved Superman as a boy, but now distinctly remembered that my uncle had actually bought me Captain America sheets. Well, these were on sale, Paulie, my uncle Johnny explained. It's practically the same thing. 
It wasn't. And I remember my nine-year-old self feeling slightly disappointed, even though I appreciated my uncle trying to get me something he thought I would like. I never owned the Superman bed sheets that were now on the bed. Walking over to the desk, I picked up a pile of detective paperbacks. I had loved crime stories as a kid. Probably one of the reasons I ended up pursuing a degree in criminal justice. But most of the titles didn't ring any bells. These were not my old books. It was like some AI computer program had downloaded my childhood memories, crunched the numbers, and produced this near-carbon copy of a room with a few blanks filled in wrong. I went back to the kitchen, scrutinising every last detail. Had the table been square or round? Hadn't Uncle Johnny and I painted those stools white, even of it, when they started to splinter? Was the mat at the foot of the stairs supposed to be red or green? I could have driven myself insane, running around the cabin, playing a, a mentally ill version of Spot the Difference, until I ended up banging my head on the wooden panels, muttering something about fake walls. That may have been the case, but screams from outside didn't snap me out of my impending psychosis. I ran out the back door, strained my ears to hear better. Paul! A distant cry. Paul! Get Camilla. <laughs> Oi! What was that? <laughs> Paul! <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I don't have a female voice quite in my repertoire, so I have to like kind of <laughs> strain a little bit. Also, I'm trying to like get the whole distant effect, you know? Okay, so what you're trying to be, Zagora, you're trying to be a, a storyteller yeah. and an actor. Yeah. You crack on, Sausage. Okay. Oh, man, that is a prick. <laughs> I followed the hysterical sobs. They were growing faint in the distance. Blindly, I followed the noise, stumbling into the forest, the tall grass pinching my ankles as I tripped over hidden branches and rocks. My surroundings grew dark as the trees thickened, closing in around me. All the while, Camilla's distressed voice grew quieter and quieter until all I heard were the sounds of my own footsteps and the frantic panting of my breath. I stopped for a moment, realising how stupid it was to run blindly into the forest without a compass or supplies. Even if I had caught up with whoever had taken Camilla away, what would I do to them? I had my gun, but what if they did too? If someone took her, that is. No, of course someone had. My wife wouldn't just wander off into the forest on her own, crying for me to come save her as part of some elaborate scheme. Or would she? This train of suspicious thought made me turn around 
I slowly started making my way back. I could no longer hear Camilla's cries, and I was going to get lost if I kept up my foolish journey into the thick of the woods. Tiny patches of sky above me were fading to purple. Could it be night already? No, it must be clouds or something. I hadn't been running for more than 20 minutes. I was sure of it. I found the way out of the woods to be much more challenging than my way in. Though I followed my footprints carefully, there was less and less room to walk between the trees. I was at the point of squeezing through a triangle of birches. But my nose brushed a black leech on the tree bark in front of me. I shuddered, jerking my head back, hitting it on the trunk of the tree directly behind me. I cursed, reaching to rub the back of my skull in hopes of soothing the sharp collision pain. To my horror, something that was definitely not my hair grazed my fingers. Something cold and slippery. Squishy. A fucking leech. Panicking, I grabbed the foul thing with my fingers, desperately trying to claw it off the back of my head, but it would not budge. I hopped around in a manner befitting to a tribal dancer, wincing and moaning in his, as hysteria rose in my throat. Parasite wouldn't dislodge its tiny teeth, and the spots where it latched on was beginning to ache. In the end, I resolved to just get out of the damn forest and deal with the creature back at the cabin, where I could light a match and set fire to the thirsty sucker's head. Yeah. God, I Jesus. When I stepped out of my anxious leech haze, I realized that the woods had grown significantly darker. If I didn't get out of there soon, I'd be stuck outside in the merciless pitch black of night. I squinted at the ground, hoping to retrace my footsteps, but what I saw made my heart turn to stone before dropping to the bottom of my already churning stomach. Thousands of small black shapes were slowly making their way toward my feet. God. Fat, slithery, hungry mouths, ravenously seeking out a patch of free skin to latch onto. The closest leeches were already in my boots. I staggered back, the ground beneath me no longer a crunchy patch of grass, but a nauseating... Oh, for fuck's sake, how... Hello? I can't pronounce this word. Cacophony? Squish? Cacophony. Bella. Uh, Charlie, Alpha, Charlie, Omega, Papa, Hotel, Omega, November, Yankee. Cacophony. Uh, Man, I will fucking die. I'm saying that word. Right. Omega. Oh. That's Oscar. Yeah, it is. Why did I say Omega? I have no idea. And you're accusing the heat again to me. I kind of swapped between alphabets then, didn't I? <laughs> you did. Anyway, moving on to leeches. <laughs> leeches. <laughs> then 
it started raining leeches. Well, this is getting horrific by the minute. The slimy bodies hailed down on me from the branches above, latching onto my head, face, and neck. At the same time, the forest floor swirled in black as the tiny predators came for my shoes and legs. I'd reached my weapon as a last-ditched effort, hoping the noise of gunfire might scare the army away. But I'd barely managed to pull back the slider when a particularly thick leech bit down on the skin between my fingers, caused me to drop my semi-automatic. The swarm of leeches had me covered head to toe, and I was entirely powerless to stop them. And you thought a paper cut was bad. Fucking hell. Honestly, this is horrific. The ones on my head busied themselves with sucking on my closed eyelids, crawling inside my ears, up my nose, <laughs> my screaming mouth. I let out muffled cries, flailing around blindly, trying to rid my throat and eyes of their sharp, jelly-like bodies. So, cool. Just, Can, just sorry, uh, have you have you pre-read this one? No. Oh, that's I a shame. We were going to do what we were going to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, that is exactly what I want. But at the same time, it's it's kind of awful because you don't know what's coming up, and I don't know what's coming up, and I, I don't yeah. want it to be even more horrific than leeches. Yes. Yes. Carry on. Okay. It was getting harder to breathe. My mind flashed back to all the times I sat at my desk, poring over strangulation cases in a calm and orderly fashion. Now that I was one of those victims, I felt helplessness. All-encompassing pain and pure terror of a human body struggling for air. Just when I was on the brink of losing consciousness, the bloodthirsty bugs began screeching. It was the strangest sound I'd ever heard. A choir of tiny vocal cords vibrating in a shrill unison. I took another shot at batting away the leeches from my eyes. To my surprise, they fell away with ease. I opened my aching, swollen eyes and saw a purple light filling the dark forest around me. The glow grew brighter as the screams of the leeches bombarded my eardrums. My vision cleared enough for me to see that I'd been enveloped in a painless fire that was searing the remaining bugs on my body to ashes, silencing them forever. The purple blaze didn't burn me or my clothes. Instead, the longer I stood in the fire, the better I could see, the less pain I could feel. I stretched my bloody arms and torn sleeves out in front of me, watching the wounds on my skin healing beneath the warm, flickering flames. Once the lacerations had scabbed over, the flames dimmed to a soft purple glow that radiated from my skin and illuminated the woods around me. Paulie? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, sorry, I didn't know Hagrid was going to appear in this. Nor did I, but you'll find out you why I had to... to... You're going to find out why I had to do this, okay? okay. You ready? Paulie? What did I tell you about wandering to the forest on your own, boy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I understand. <laughs> oh, 
no. I would recognize that voice anywhere. Uh, I would as well. But it couldn't actually be. Could it? Hagrid? No. Uncle Johnny? (laughs) I uttered. My voice (laughs) bewildered, but also hopeful. Childlike. And there he was, casually leaning against the side of a nearby tree trunk. Johnny Fever. Not the iconic TV show DJ, but I was was definitely a fan of his. Only younger than I'd ever known him to be. This must have been what he had looked like in his 30s, perhaps? This younger version of the uncle I had known and loved wore red plaid shirt, a pair of Levi's, and a polished set of brown cowboy boots. He was lean and muscular, with a sharp face, clean-shaven, and a mischievous glint in his eyes. I could finally see the family resemblance to my aunts I'd always fussed over. Uncle Johnny and I looked like we could be brothers. Poorly. Don't expect me to come bailing out every time you get into trouble, he chuckled, fitting chew tobacco on the forest floor. Five points from Gryffindor. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Am I I dreaming? I asked. I wish you were, Sonny. I wish you were. why, Why is this place? And you, I hesitated. You are dead. Uh, Am I dead? Some sort of dead, buddy. He grinned. Poorly look. I'd love to sit here and chat all day. But it's not going to be easy for us. To show up for the living like this. I always had a soft spot for you, kid. And I couldn't let you perish without a chance to fight, you know? But we can't stay here much longer. Uncle Johnny stood up and turned his back to me. I'll show you the way out of these woods, but you're on your own after that, champ. Ask me what you need to know while we walk, and I'll do my best to help you understand. Wait, I exclaimed, searching the tall grass my issued weapon. I need to find my gun. It's not here anymore. Whichever bastard you pissed off made sure of that, my uncle said, already walking away from me. With the purple glow lighting our path, my uncle and I started making our way out the murderous woods. We walked in silence for a while as I gathered my thoughts into semi-coherent questions. What, What is this place? I finally asked. Paulie. I'm really enjoying saying Paulie and Hagrid's accent. I don't know why. (laughs) Paulie. I can't pretend to know someone like that. (laughs) Uncle Johnny sighed. But if I had to guess, it would be the place where the walls between the worlds of the living and the worlds of the dead are paper thin. And... And the the cabin? I had to know. It's not really ours, is it? Is that what you see? 
Uncle Johnny turned to me, smiling ear to ear. Whenever a mortal stumbles into a place like this, they have some sort of anchor. A safe spot that keeps them rooted to the ground of the living. And you are to that anchor, Paulie. The less power they have against you. What what, what, what what do you mean? I asked as the trees started to clear and I caught a glimpse of the cabin in the distance. Spirits, Polly. Restless, cruel, vile souls. Oh, and you've, you've gathered a whole lot, haven't you? I can't pretend to know everything, but I sense I'll do anything to get you back inside these woods and just to tear you limb from limb. They have Camilla. I felt my stomach begin to knot. If the cabin is a safe spot, how did they take her from there? <sighs> the cabin is your safe spot, Paulie. She has to find her own anchor in the living world. If she has one, you have to understand something. Everyone experiences this place differently. This isn't a gate to heaven or hell, but a path somewhere in between. Mortals are not usually welcome, but sometimes they're not given much choice. We were out of the woods now. I continued walking, but Uncle Johnny did not follow. When I turned to ask him if this was as far as he could go, he was already gone. But I still had so many questions. I walked back to the cabin, mulling over the events of the day. The fake officer, Camilla's disappearance, the leeches, Uncle Johnny. Oh, and let's not forget the damn tongue in my fridge. If logic was to help me navigate my way out of this place, it would have to be a different kind. One that accepted the impossible as reality. The first thing I did when I got to the cabin was march myself upstairs and find my laptop. I was I was afraid it stopped working like my phone had, but it seemed to be functional, perhaps trying to connect to the outside world. Was what my fried phone had done in this morning, so I quickly ejected my 4G modem from the laptop. It might be more useful later on. I brought my work files and located the folder for the machete killer I had profiled when walking when working with Chief Earl Crawford's local police department. How could I have not pieced it together sooner? Women had started disappearing from their tents at campsites not far from these very woods. The victims all fit a certain type. Petite, light-haired women with blue eyes. Just like Camilla. I felt my insides churn. Their bodies would show up weeks after the disappearance. The killer would stage their bodies near the campsites, using handcuffs to hang the victims from the trees. Their corpses were always found to be long dead and heavily mutilated. What does that mean? uh, Like, um, trying to put this in a way that's not going to give you nightmares. Eaten? Uh, No. 
don't know how to describe this. In... Just, uh, it's, fine. it's not going to give me nightmares. I go, well, I'm 27 year old, years old. <laughs> okay. Uh, disfiguring someone beyond belief. going to give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be like people taking knives to their skin and like I scraping. See. Yes. Anyway. Let's not get bogged down with who's got a mutated body and who hasn't. Mutilated, not mutated. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> My team would come up with a profile that helped law enforcement bring three men in for questioning. Chief Crawford had called in a personal favour, asking me to interview all three men to see who best fit the profile. It had taken me approximately half an hour to say with almost complete certainty that Henry Brayerwood fit the profile to a T. A 47-year-old delivery man who lived with an overbearing mother who had two prior charges for impersonating a police officer and attempted rape. Henry Brayerwood, who had been seen lurking around the crime scene campsites. Henry, who had hung himself in prison the day after the jury ruled him guilty on five counts of murder and sentenced him to life in prison. I now knew, without a shadow of a doubt, the true identity of the mysterious officer Harry Bullock. No way, man. Oh, well, my dear. That is That was part two. Well, part two, I- all done. That was exceptionally good, apart from the leeches. Yeah, also, I need to give my voice a break because um, my voice <laughs> hurts after doing Hagrid. Can I just say as well, towards yeah. the end, your Hagrid went very Irish Somerset and then as well, I felt. very Somerset and very Scottish. I, don't pick up, I didn't pick up the Scottish and Irish, but I definitely 100% heard the Somerset, but then I realised that Hagrid's accent is pretty Somerset. Whoa. Get ready Do for Quidditch, are you? <laughs> So you might you find day. See? It is. Grew up in the orchards. <laughs> this world isn't real. <laughs> there are leeches everywhere. Poor guys. Oh my god. Uh, so sorry. So sorry. Breaking news. Ivana Trump. Donald Trump's first wife and mother of three of his children dies age 73. Hey? Ivana Trump. Dead mate. Is that, is that serious? Yeah, I'm serious. That was just a letter that came through. I haven't, that hasn't come through on anything on mine. BBC News. Making the unmissable. Unmissable. Oh, I fucking hell. So, we already pay your license fee. Don't fucking oh, yeah. milk it. That's true. I've gone to Twitter. Twitter? Twitter? Oh, that's not who I thought it was. Ivana Trump? Yes. Who is his? Who was his wife when he was in the house? Not the Big Brother house, the White House. <laughs> Go on, do the voice. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it anymore. Okay. <clears throat> Day 54. <laughs> um, 20.59 p.m. Matt and Sam are recording <laughs> their podcast. 
Uh, and it was um, Melanie. Melan- Mel- is that a name? Oh, Mel- Melania. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, they're still very sad, isn't it? But you know, yeah, seventy-three is quite young. Yeah, rest in peace. Anywho, anyway, let's not get bogged down with. Uh... Oh, not the transition I would have used. <laughs> <laughs> it's art. Anywho, that's all we've got time for this week. Well, so go up. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. You know what time it is? Chico time. And I'll tell you something. Hammer time. There's no time for us. Oh, there's no place for us. What is this thing that builds our dreams yet slips away from us? Who wants to live forever? Who wants to live forever? Chills, literal chills. <laughs> Fucking love that. Do you know what? This was always one of my favourite songs. But then yeah. they play. They it was the um, it was the, uh, the the goodbye music at my granddad's funeral. And uh, ever since then, I can't listen to it without getting really upset. So I thought I'd do my own dramatic reading of it. So probably, but that's mm. no good because I'm still seeing, still saying the lyrics. So yeah, yeah. Also, like them, Freddie Mercury did. Yeah, I should like say proper slowed down version of it, and that was even worse. I I should well, well I mean Queen wrote wrote it, so uh, but I should say for people who don't know that was uh, the Queen classic. Who wants to live forever? One of the greatest mm. Queen songs ever, in my opinion, mm. and it's just amazing. And Freddie Mercury was a fucking genius, and so is quite the rest of Queen. So, yeah, uh, yeah. may he rest in peace. Mm. But that is all we got time for, Segor. Well, it's not, Madaya. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, no. That, that Uno reverse <laughs> down on the table. I didn't know about this. All right. Crack this on. Just, this just in. Oh, someone else has died? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, this is from my little sister for you. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, this is going to be go. horrific, isn't it? So I had to chase her up. So I said, oi. And she said, sorry, buddy. I loved it, especially the Monster Munch part. <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to Irvin Dictionary it, and then I f***ed myself after. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the reaction I thought I was going to get. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you might want to beat that part out, but yeah. <laughs> That's... How does that make you feel so cool? Um... She's a lesbian, it's fine. (laughs) Now that is all we've got time for. Well, it's not so good. (laughs) No, stop it. No, it is, it is. It is indeed. So that's it for another week. Join us next week for episode 45. But if a week is too long for you to wait for your Sam Antics fix, Mandaya, how can they get it? You can visit our Instagram, which is Sam... Uh, No... What, oh shit! Sam, what is yeah. it? Uh, Sam. Sam at Antics. Is it Sam at Antics? Sam at Antics podcast at gmail dot com. No, that's the email. You fool. What's, what's the said? What's no? What's the Instagram? At Sam at Antics. Oh. <laughs>
The TikTok <laughs> is at Samma Antics. The Facebook page is the Samma Antics Podcast. And the email, if you are a archaic dinosaur, is Samma Antics Podcast at gmail.com. And all that's left to say is I'm going for a lie down. And I'm going to watch Love Island. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> okay. Fuck's sake. What is wrong with you? Oh, well, my dear.